Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor... Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard. It's the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, and we've got two pro two hours of our program this afternoon and our brand new slot, which is from 5 until 7 o'clock. This first hour, we're going to be focusing on Mr. Baker's birthday and a whole bunch of his friends from the IT world. We're going to be talking about the Midwest Tech Leaders Symposium coming up and meeting a tech recruiter. We'll also, in our second hour, be taking your calls. So stick around. we got lots to go. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program. And uh, our usual group of suspects are in studio here. We have Mr. Gary Baker celebrating a birthday today. Yes, but we're not going to say which one. I I will not do that. Thank you very I much. I will not bring that up. Yes, uh, it's like uh, 30 for the 30th time. Yeah. Uh-huh. 32 times. <laughs> Also with us here is Mr. Ed Rudell. Hi, Ed. How I, you doing? I hope I look that young when I celebrate 30 for the 30th time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Cal Carson, good to have you here, too. You know, this is a room filled with, with the exception of one person in here, where if you put candles on a birthday cake and light them, you have to have a fireman present. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we break every fire code in the building. Yeah, yeah the exception he was making as he looked to his right was Steve Acho, who was with us. Steve, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Steve is a published author, and he's also the CEO of uh, Shortco, Short Row, pardon me, which is a staffing uh, program, and we're going to be talking with him about um, consulting and about helping people get jobs and even sometimes change careers. And you've got some, you've got some interesting ideas about how to make that happen a lot quicker. And uh, I think to- so. You know, as, as somebody that talks to just hundreds of people a week, we do technology consulting and staffing, and for companies as big as Apple and GM and as small as startups. Um, so I, I just talked to hundreds of people, and a lot of people reach out to me for advice. And I ended up writing a, a blog post about this, which ended up being, uh, surprise, surprise, the, the most popular of all of them because everyone's interested in, uh, you know, everyone from young people who are looking to get into the job market for the first time to uh, more experienced professionals. And everyone ends up coming back to me. I sit next to people on planes that are, you know, older than me and have lots of years of experience and ask my advice. And so uh, just a couple of, of really, um, I don't even want to say guidelines, but perspectives that I think are really useful for people. Um, and the first one, no matter where you are in your career, is really decide exactly what you want to do hmm. and 
even though that sounds simple. When I grow up, yeah, I'm still exactly. doing that. I'm still looking for that myself. Yeah, don't. I think that's why adults ask little kids what they want to be when they grow up because we're all still looking for ideas. But um, but but you know the, the first part of this is treat it like a project. I mean, if you think about, I talk to people all the time who say, well, you know, I talked to some of my former colleagues and I'm kind of interested in making a change. And you know, I had lunch with this person and that person, and I searched the web and there aren't really any jobs in the area that I'm interested in. It's like think of the time and money and energy you put into planning a wedding mm-hmm. that's mm. eight hours of your life including the the, the ceremony right sure. yeah. and then think of the hours that, i mean you spend more than that your first day at work of your career so like treat this whole process of getting a job changing jobs getting promoted changing careers whatever it is like treat it with some respect and like it's a project and then one big mistake that I see a lot of people that are really established in their careers making, in my opinion, is the perspective that, you know, you are not your resume. I, I, it's surprising that I see really <laughs> successful people who say, well, I'm, I'm a tech guy or I'm a, I'm a finance guy. Uh, I talked to a guy who was like an executive at Pfizer and he's been at Pfizer for a long time. Well, he's a smart guy. He's done a lot of things, entrepreneurial projects. But he says, well, I'm a pharma guy. Well, you think you're that. You think people are looking at your resume and, you know, they have a story about you, but that's kind of your story. You can change that. Mm-hmm. And by oh, the way, I this see. is all under the umbrella of decide what you want to do. If I say, yeah. what do you want to do with your life? Don't look at your resume and tell me what you've done. Actually think about what you want to do, right, from that context. Absolutely. And and what can you do for the company that you're applying to? Yeah, right? that's Because great when question. I'm hiring somebody... I want to know what they've done, but I really want to know what they're going to be able to do for me. I'm so glad. Right? And for our company. Yeah. So so I actually wrote a book a couple of years ago. It's on Amazon called Why Technology Recruiting is Broken and What to Do About It. Right. And I wrote, I mean, the title kind of says it all. Mm -hmm. And and I spent a little bit more than half the book ripping on why recruiting is broken. And then a little bit of, of here's, you know, here are some easy fixes. And that, I'm so glad you said that because that's actually... My my biggest pet peeve and my biggest criticism of recruiting in general is that we're so concerned with what people have, mm-hmm. right? We have ten years of experience in something. Oh, I see. We yeah. have a degree. We have. It doesn't really matter what you have. It's what you do with what you have. That's right. And so, if you and this is kind of something for the hiring side too, for the business, for the HR people, talent acquisition, whatever they call them, for staffing companies, you know, you have to have that conversation. And both the candidate and I, we need to make companies accountable for this too. They have to evaluate people based on uh, their belief that they are capable and motivated of doing the work. And my biggest criticism is that job descriptions don't describe jobs. They describe people. Mm-hmm. If you say, come work for my company, we need an accountant, must have 10 years of experience in QuickBooks. You're not describing a job. That's just an attribute of a person. Right. And and whether they have 10 years or not, you haven't even told them what they're going to do. So in fairness to this candidate, oh, okay. right? Like what are you, exactly like Gary said, like, you know, what are you going to do? Convince me that you're capable and motivated to do that. Our guest, by the way, he's speaking right now, is Steve Ako, who's a published author. We've been speaking about his book. And he's also the CEO of uh, Shortrow. What is Shortrow, by the way? Well, Shortrow.com is a a platform that we started um, kind of to get at the problem that I was just speaking about Mm -hmm. because we would get so many requests for different technology professionals from our clients, and it just seemed to be hit or miss. So right now, as we're talking, even on the weekend, there are hundreds of resumes being slung around, right? Right. 
Yeah. And a small percentage of those will be interviewed and a small percentage of those will be hired. Well, we have like a 90% take rate. Well, you got to tell us you got to tell us what you're doing to make that happen. Absolutely. Got, uh, uh, our break uh, sounder <laughs> is on right now and I want to come back and talk with you about that. All right. How do we get that to work? Steve Acho, as I say, is with us. He's a published author, CEO of Shortrow, and we're talking about uh, staffing and uh, getting good at that. Welcome back to the first hour of the Internet Advisor. Roger, by the way, uh, stick around. And in the second hour, we open up our lines for you to ask questions that you have on your mind about uh, your computer, etc. You may be, uh, you know, at home this weekend with a long weekend and uh, figuring you're going to get some things done with that computer around your home. And, well, we'd love to have uh, a crack at helping you to solve those problems that may be bothering you right now or give you some advice as well. All right. Uh, our guest, by the way, in studio, and... I violated the number one rule of interviewing, which is to ask your guests the pronunciation of their name. First of all, I took a guess and did the wrong thing. And Steve Acho is our guest. Am I got it right now, Steve? Okay, we got to press a button there and get him on the air. There you go, Steve. Thank you very much for for uh, putting up with that and for correcting me on it as well, Steve Acho. Okay, we're talking about the hiring process, and um, it sounds like the the, the critical insight. You have, and I'm just curious how you came to that, but is that there is a difference between when you're uh, offering a job to somebody uh, to describing the job and what it really is and what it really entails and the credentials needed to get into it. And too often, it sounds like people are just simply putting up their the credentials you need and not necessarily talking about the job that needs to be done. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I see job postings. I mean, go search anything online, and I think you'll see that what companies do a good job of is branding their company itself. They'll mm-hmm. say, work for us. We're a bunch of fun, energetic people, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, they do a great job of telling you why it's a great place to work, and then they don't brand the job. They don't make the job compelling to someone who is a top performer who would be interested in doing that work. And the biggest reason is they don't describe the work. It's called a job description. And instead of describing the job, they go right from work at Google, we're fun. And then they say, must have 20 years of experience in this technology and 15 years in this. And that's not a description of a job. And therefore, you can't accurately evaluate. And and by the way, neither can a, a professional who wants a job. They can't be mm. well-intended and evaluate to see what all they can do is look at a checkbox on you know the required skills and look at the the bullet points on their mm-hmm. resume and hope that that works out. Yeah, Cal. I'm just wondering, and this is just looking into the future, crystal ball wise, and that sort of thing. Because you, what you're talking about is is definitely a paradigm shift from what is traditionally done with the job process and the interview process yeah. from both sides. We no longer have encyclopedias. Yellow pages are just about gone. Is there going to be a time we can get rid of resumes? I hope so. I, <laughs> I love that you question. said that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of my, I think we're close to that. Because if you think about slinging around a Word document, if you send me a resume today, in two months from now, it's outdated, right? And so LinkedIn has already, in my opinion, done a decent job of having the kind of living and breathing dynamic resume. That's and that's true. great. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. if people really, and that's another piece of advice I have for people is, you know, don't just tell me if you have a LinkedIn profile, uh, it's a giant SEO platform in the, right from the beginning. So if you want to be found and even, you know, have opportunities to discuss potential future uh, employment, you know, don't say I worked at this company for three years. And before that, I worked for this company at five years. Tell me what you did. And if you want to be really human about it, tell me what 
kinds of things you enjoy doing. Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about you. You have been, the years that I've known you, the 20 years I've known you, I forget how many careers you've had or jobs, <laughs> I should say. Well, I've never had the same, a same two jobs in the same industry. Okay. Oh. So I've moved from industry to industry, and that why why learn this you know an industry all over again? Why not learn a new industry, right? So do you but, generally solve the same problems but no, in different industries? They're all so different even the problems. problems are different. Yeah. yeah, but but see, here's the 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 interesting part is that people when they read your resume, they know what you've done. They want to know if you can if you've done it before in that particular industry. But sure. what they really want. Is someone that can fit in, and can do the, and can solve the problem that they have. Agreed. And sometimes they're similar, and sometimes they're not similar at all. Right. And you know, the so last you might day, be the best person for a certain job. You personally, right. Gary. But if I looked at your resume, I'd say, I don't see any of this on there. Well, the last eight jobs I've had have been created exact, you know, specifically for me. Right. Nobody else had that job before I got there. To that. In that How did company. you get away with that? Um, <laughs> I, you know, you have to ask the, the but it, it's, it's about fit you and it's to... about, it's about when they look at you and they go, you know what, I, I, we can't find anybody that can solve our problem. Sure. You're about, you know, because you've solved so many other problems that have been unique, we think you can solve this one too. So you're that, a problem solver. That's, that, you, but you, that's you, essentially what everything is. Right? Every business right. exists to solve a problem and every employee exists to solve some portion of that company's mm-hmm. problem. And that's that's part of it. Even when I tell people, you know, decide what you want to do in terms of what problems do you enjoy solving. Okay. It doesn't even have to be technology. Cal, what were you right? going to say? No, well, I, I, it was going to be a joke, but I do have something else I wanted to ask. Because I was wondering how he was able to do that without being Republican or Democrat, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, question for Gary, because you do hire people. Right. What, what, would, what would be your, your thought about this gentleman right here, if if he sent you instead of a traditional resume, a YouTube video with him on it telling you why he wants to work for you, uh, I I think that helps me understand how well he's going to fit in with the group that I need him to to either lead or be a part of. So I think that's way better. In mm. fact, um, mm. the company I'm with now, that's how we do things. We take and we videotape the interview, mm. um, so that. Um, we can take and because we can't get all of the different executives at, at, to to see or to meet with that person at the same time, so we videotape them because again we can tell a lot more from a videotape than we can from a piece of paper. So you were asking me earlier what Shortro is. Shortro yeah. is a platform that was developed for that reason. What we do is, if you were coming to my company, Gary, and you said, "Steve, I need someone. I need a .NET developer," I would say, "Well, what do you need that person to do?" And I would actually force you to tell me mm-hmm. what the outcomes are. Yeah. So in See, other that's... words, answer the question, what are the most critical things this person has to accomplish in order to be considered successful? And then I don't send you a resume. I send you a, a quick page that you can look at on your phone in less than 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it has a few bullet points with your words. This is what they have to accomplish. And the most relevant accomplishments of that person, along with a video with them introducing themselves. Oh. And so that way, even if you don't like the person, you say, well, this person's not going to fit in. And I think if that's their most relevant problem that they've solved, it's not close enough, but at least it's a better conversation. And that's, that is my passion. That's right there. interesting. Like, a better forget conversation. the money, forget the product. It's like, if I could change the conversation on yeah. how this happens, yeah. people would have more meaningful professional lives right. and companies would have people that enjoy working for them. But instead, it starts with the 
the bulleted list, skills-infested list that says, oh, I don't qualify. You probably didn't qualify for any of your last eight jobs. I'm sure I didn't. If, right? <laughs> but, but you're probably the, the top performer and the top person to actually do the work. So luckily, I'm guessing the way all of those happened is you had enough relationships where someone said, this guy's a problem solver. You need to talk to him. Right. And then you actually had a conversation around what the problem you're solving. You mentioned relationships. Yeah. And I tell me something. I have always said to my grandchildren, and, and I certainly have funded my life to a certain extent. I know about you guys, Cal and Ed, but and Gary, but networking and relationships you build in networking are probably the key to your next job rather than sure. fulfilling somebody's list of this is what I want these characteristics to be. Do you think that's true? I, I don't have to think. This is I'm a data Absolutely guy. Absolutely true, so it's right? Two, you are 250 times more likely to get a job, 250 times less likely to get a job applying for it in any means, sending wow. your, mailing your resume, applying online, than you are by just having one person that introduces you, even if they don't work at the company. So there's there's all these stats that say, yep. you know, percentage-wise, mm. and, and also not just getting a job, but how long you're going to stay there and how happy you're going to be there. And it all goes up the more context you have wow, for right. the person. Right? The job I have today, um, a guy that works at the current company, used to work for me, right? He called me up. And I trusted him because we worked together. I sure. knew there the was kind of person trust. he was, and I knew Very what important. he could do. Sure. And if he thought that I could help that company, and then when I got in and talked to people, you know, it became obvious that that was a that was a good fit. The the one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that, exactly the same. Sure. You know, it was about somebody contacting me and what? saying, you know, the. But it was somebody that I trusted. What hope? What hope do young people who haven't built those networks have then? That's 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 a tough tough question to ask. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, your co-host and producer here, along with Gary and Ed Kalp, and our special guest in studio is Steve Acho. He is the uh, he's a published author, and he's also the CEO of Shortro. It's kind of like intro, only it's Shortro. And I, there was a madness, a method to that madness, right, Steve? Absolutely. Shortcut to an intro. A shortcut to an intro. We've been talking about that. Now, the thing that kept on coming back to my mind is, what's it like to be a young person? We talk about, you know, needing young people in IT, for instance. Yeah, Desperately sure. needing them because there's lots of positions open. Gary's talked about it. Other people have talked about it on the air with us here. But they don't have those relationships. Sure. How do they get in? How do they get that toehold that Gary has because he's had so many years in the business or some mm -hmm. of the any of the other guys in the studio, including myself? You. Right. Well, I, I think there's there's two things that younger people don't have or complain that they don't have, and that is, you know, the, the relationships, which is true, and the experience that, that someone like yeah, Gary has, right, obviously, right. which is also true. However, I think, you know, we live in such an amazing time you know, 20 years ago, if you guys, if, if anybody wanted to start a TV show or become a, a, a solo singing artist or anything like that, right? You had to know somebody and you had to get through gatekeepers and had a lot of money yeah, and yeah. then be really good yeah. and then, and then sell get lots lucky. of albums. And, and then, then get lucky. super lucky, right? <laughs> right? Like, oh, yeah. you want to start a TV show? You got a phone, right? Everyone who's five does. Like, turn it on yourself, turn on YouTube. It doesn't mean anyone will like it. Yeah. But so, so my point is, like, we live in such an amazing time where mm -hmm. you can't use certain excuses that used to exist. So one of uh. them is that catch 22 companies want people with experience, but you can't get experience until you have a job with a company, right? You don't get to do that anymore. And the reason is that especially in technology, but I would argue that this applies everywhere. If you're actually interested in iOS, 
Let's, I'm just going to pick one, right? Mm -hmm. I like building iOS apps, but I just, I haven't done it before. Nobody's hired me to do it. Yeah. You don't get that excuse. Like there's free training and training for, for 20 bucks that you can, you can get. Right. And Uh. then go volunteer, go build your buddy's business's website, go start a pet project. Go, we used to have paper routes when I was a kid, right? Like go start the, the app for the whatever, with the, the, whatever today's version of a paper route is that you're interested in. Those two young guys we had last week. Remember them? Absolutely. And guys from book cycle. Yep. And that, and that's exactly how people can do this today because it is a contact sport. So you got to get out and make contact. Yeah, sure. How do you do it? You point. join and so things you're solving as Steve would both say. of those problems, right. right? You're getting experience, but if you go volunteer at Gleaners mm-hmm. and you say, "I'm super interested in iOS and I love your cause. I would like to build an app for you." You're automatically get, you know, think about the difference between you know, I'm going to go pay for college or a course, spend my time, learn stuff, and then try and convince someone that even though I haven't done it, I've learned it, please give me a job versus just go do the work. So I was, uh, I did a guest lecture at a cybersecurity um, class at Spring Arbor University on Tuesday. Um, and it was interesting because uh, the uh the, the guy that runs the class uh, used to work for me uh, when I was a chief information security officer. And he, um, he basically picked two people out of the class to come be interns at the company when they graduate in a, in a week or so. And they got that opportunity. Everybody seemed to do pretty well. These were not the guy, the pe- the two people that get the highest grades, hmm. they were the two people that spoke up the most in class. Yeah, you know when yep. you think about it. Now he didn't say that at the beginning of class. He waited till near the end of the class, and he said, "These are the people that will fit in the best with my group because he had experience. He could see what they were thinking, the questions they were asked, the curiosity that they That's had, as opposed to some of the other kids. So, yeah. you know, again, it's not just the contact, right? It's right. the contact in with the right context. Ask the questions. Be interested in what you do. You know, there's a lot of ways to, well, your, your to network. Your statement, I right? thought was kind of fascinating, is it's a contact sport. you got to yeah. get your hands dirty. Right. And it isn't. I, I feel so bad. I know my... <clears throat> My grandchildren and I were at an age in their 20s where they're sending out resumes. And I said, I almost stop. I was like, kids, don't We're do still that. still doing don't, that? Yeah. yeah. Please stop. <laughs> stop. It hurts. To see you try to, to do something like that, you got it. you've got to find another way of getting in touch with the, the people that you want to, to work with. And imp- yeah. it's got to be another way besides that. And, and I think here's another really specific, uh, you know, like kind of prescriptive advice for younger people. And I just talked to a young man last week who's just was phenomenal. I mean, just a friend of a friend, so I don't know him personally, but he just came across really well. He's so passionate and interested in, he's, he will take a job for, he said, you know, I'm just out of college. I don't need that much money to survive. Mm-hmm. I want to do meaningful work. And I already have a job, but we're not doing anything meaningful. I will take a pay cut to do, take on meaningful work. So, oh, wow. you know, what do I do? And I said, well, here's what you do. Like, what are you interested in? Go find companies that are doing that. Go contact someone on LinkedIn or, or anywhere and say, I don't know or care if you're hiring right now, but I'm so passionate about what you guys are doing. I would like to help. I want to donate 10 hours of my time a week. What can I do? They wow. will be crazy not to hire you, even mm-hmm. if they don't need someone. That's now, you've been right. on the other even side of that equation. Would you hire? Experience in would you hire? Absolutely. We're all you know, desperate for talent. Right. And when yep. you get somebody that has that kind of motivation and drive and willing to 
to take a chance like that, right? How are you not going to be impressed? My business partner and I say at least once a week with all the people we talk to, I will take attitude and, and motivation absolutely over skill set any yeah. day of the week. You can teach skills. And there was, those are the people yeah. that spoke up at your at your. Do seminar, you find, right? though, that some of the kids out there kind of had the attitude of, if I don't make at least $50,000 a year to start with, I mean, I don't know if this is really worth In sure. other words, they're kind yeah. of, they've been blinded by the experiences of people like the um, uh, Mark uh, Zuckerbergs, you know, who in college in their college dorm built a billion yeah. dollar bit. They're, they're almost thinking uh, maybe they have some peers who have dropped in some candy jobs. So, right. so you said if they're not making fifty thousand a year to start in IT, why would they settle for just fifty? <laughs> no, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're so desperate. Yeah. Right to uh, find good people. Why would they settle for just? Well, I guess what I'm I mean, thinking is that, my point is yeah. that um, it is, you know, they can make a decent living right out of school. Now, the people that aren't speaking up, that don't have the attitude, that don't have the aptitude, right? Uh, that won't fit into a group. You know what? It, Fifty doesn't matter because they're not going to make any. They're not going to get hired. Yeah. Right, and that's and that's the there's truth. a top tier of performers in every kind of job and every kind of industry, right? But but part of it is when and I, this is where I'm I'm criticizing companies too. And back to the back to my you know spiel about describe the job, not the person. Mm-hmm. If you talk about because whoever you hire, I don't care if it's your nephew or it's someone that you know just reached out to you and mailed you their resume through snail mail. I would argue that you're hiring them because you believe that they're capable and motivated to do the job. So it's that important to describe the job. And three months from now, you're going to evaluate them based on their performance. You should hire them based on their expected performance mm-hmm. as it compares to what you want them to do. And so I always joke about, think about any other aspect of your life. You're having a party this weekend mm-hmm. and you have 50 people coming to your house and you say, I need a caterer. I'm not going to cook for 50 people. So you call your friend. What do you say? I need someone who has five years of experience with spatulas <laughs> and seven years <laughs> with convection <laughs> ovens and you would never do that you would right. only describe the outcome 50 people at six o'clock at this address 40 or chicken 10 is vegetarian like you know like and you would get right to the end result we don't do that in any other aspect of our lives mm. but somehow in corporate because of the history we're we're you know i want to disqualify people by through skill sets i'm gonna wrap up with uh, yeah, this is usually uh cal's domain to ask, so the practical uh, how do people get in touch with you? Let's say if they're employers or if they're people who are looking into careers themselves, how do they get in touch with Steve Acho and, uh, and Shortrow or uh, your other company? Is it Solstice Consulting Solstice Group? Consulting Group, yeah. Okay. So that's the, that's the uh, staffing and um, the consulting arm. Okay, so how yeah. do they get in touch with you? Sure. I, I think just if you look up Steve Acho, A-C-H-O, on LinkedIn, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Well, no. here, let's go. You want a practical question? There you go. Here's one for you. <laughs> Please. Why should they get in contact with you <laughs> rather than go sure. somewhere else? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think just uh, in a, to, to answer that in a short couple sentences, the difference, uh, every staffing company that staffs technology will tell you exactly the same story. We listen to what you need and we provide the best blah, blah, blah. I'm already falling asleep telling you the story. (laughs) Um, No one has a different story. And so I set to prove that. 
and we're proving that by we created this this thing called Shortro, and I'm so serious about uh, doing business with companies that want to have that value discussion about matching people that are capable and motivated of doing the work that if they won't describe the work, I won't take their business. And in fact, I've fired two big clients because they moved to a, a huge, uh, you know, third party that said, well, you just send their resume here and do a drop down that tells me how many years of experience they have. Mm-hmm. That's called a race to the bottom. And I'm happy to send them to my competitor. They're actually good at that. We have links, so. by the way, on our uh, on our homepage <clears throat> to uh, Solstice Consulting Group. And uh, you can also find uh, Shortrow's link there as well. Steve, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment with the news headlines. It's that time of the program to check in on the headlines in the tech and entrepreneurial news here in the state of Michigan with the editor of MI Tech News, Mr. Mike Brennan. Mike, welcome from the West. Yes, indeed. I'm in Grand Rapids today visiting family and friends. Glad that you uh, are able to get out there, and I hope you have the kind of lovely weather that we're having here in the Detroit area. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, very nice. It'll make your Easter egg hunt a lot easier. (laughs) Absolutely, you know. (laughs) Hey, Mike, let's go over some of the headlines that you've got in MI Tech News. Uh, This week, one of the headlines you had there is that the Michigan Treasury our state treasury is warning that there are cyber criminals out there ready to steal people's tax refunds. How are they doing that kind of thing? Well, lots of different ways. Uh, they uh, they try to get you to answer questions that identify what your personal information is, like your social security number, your address, your name. And with that, they can pretty much have the keys to the kingdom. Well, last year, there was uh, 33,000 returns were stopped by the state treasury, preventing more than $70 million in potential fraudulent refunds that were attributed to the bad guys, bad girls, whatever they are. But uh, they had your information. They were filing your return. They were trying to get your refund. Wow. How many was that, Mike? That would be uh, be 33,000 returns were stopped because they... They ascertained that uh, yeah. there was something wrong and wow. that there was $70 million in money that was held up until they sorted it out. That's a lot of money. Just, just to build on that, the IRS this year is mandating that when you do an e-file, yeah. that you have to give driver's license information if you have it to go along with that as uh. well. Uh, they they want to narrow it down as tight as possible to make sure that refund is going to the exact person it's supposed to go to. Yeah. Now, that's so important, and uh, and it I, it breaks my heart when I see people, you know, f- going to file and finding out somebody has beaten them to it and has taken a rather sizable uh, return away from them because of they got in between the process. Yeah, what, absolutely. One of your other uh, headlines here is to pay or not to pay a business perspective on ransomware. That must be an interesting conversation. Yes, it's going to take place on April 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Schoolcraft College. It's the uh, folks over at the uh, ISSA Motor City, and they're going to have in there talking about what's going on with ransomware, which is where bad guys encrypt your data, and they sell it back to you to unencrypt it. it maybe, perhaps, one never knows. But uh, so you're going to have uh, Stephen Fox, who works with the U.S. Department of Treasury, is going to explain uh, all the bad things that can happen unless you're paying really close attention to uh, 
you know, the rat, well, anybody can get sucked mm. into it, but yeah. a lot of the times it's a phishing attack, things like that. Mm-hmm. You click on, uh, you know, uh, some sort of link you shouldn't be clicking on. Right. So just common sense, you need to exercise here. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike, for that that uh, heads up on that. And finally, I, it's kind of interesting here, I found that you had a headline about the Army testing new hydrogen-powered Chevy Colorados. Yeah, absolutely. They've been working on this for a number of years. Uh, the Army likes this because hydrogen-powered uh, vehicles are very quiet. They don't pr- produce some sort of really intense uh, uh, thermal signature that would pick up on radar. Oh. Uh, you know, hydrogen, uh, they pump, pump the gases or whatnot, depending on what it is, into the tanks. And so it just works really well for the military. And so uh, what they've done is uh, they've been working on this for a bit since January. They have a Chevy Colorado 2H2, which uh, they're using right now to test on the, or at least earlier in this month, on the Milford test track out there by GM hmm. and to see if it really works. And I know that the uh, folks at Tardak and Warren are real interested in having this for the military. It's oh, still yeah. pretty much in the early stages. Well, folks, these are the examples of uh, the wide variety of the kind of headlines that you'll find at MI Tech News each week. And uh, the way of getting that delivered to you is simply by going to MITechnews.com and putting in your email address. And it will cost you zero dollars and zero cents to have that arrive in your inbox during the week. And you'll find uh, two, actually, uh, heads-ups from MI Tech News. One's on Wednesday, and you'll find links there to all sorts of video and audio resources as well as hard news. And then on Friday, you'll find the hard news headlines there, some of which we've been talking about right now with Mike Brennan, the editor. Mike, I want you to spend the rest of the day enjoying your family and uh, the celebration out there in Grand Rapids. I'll do my very best. It's very nice and warm. We're watching the Tigers on TV right now. Tomorrow, of course, is the the day with the ham, right? You know, ham and uh, (laughs) I bring all the wine for everybody. So, yeah, it's good. It's, It's nice to get over here from time to time. I don't get over here near enough. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your time with family there, Mike, and uh, we it's a good time of year to do that kind of thing. Have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks, Foster. You too. Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. Uh, if some of you have been to our website, you may know that we had talked about having uh Well, we're uh, going to have Palmer. Tracy Ann and Rob Palmer in next week. Yep. And uh, they are um, in the, they started Midwest Technology Leaders Symposium 13 years ago. This is the 13th yeah. anniversary. It's going to be on April 6, uh, 26th mm-hmm. uh, at the Henry, at the Henry in Dearborn. Dearborn. Right. And uh, it's always a great opportunity to network. Now, you do have to, to qualify and be invited, but you can go and apply. Um, just go to our site and Click on the link and you can go to that site. It's uh, mtlevent.org uh, mm-hmm. uh, or .com, excuse me, and um, and you can apply. And if uh, it, it's a great opportunity to network with a lot of people, you get smarter. They have, <laughs> we have great opportunities to uh, to learn and different um, breakout sessions as well as plenary sessions. And um, it full gets disclosure, you're on the board every right? year, and I am on the advisory board. Have since the very beginning. Yep. So. And uh, so when they great. come in next week, we're going to find out some of the things that they'll be talking about, some of the leaders who will be That's there. That's right. Yeah, they'll tell us a little bit more about uh, some of that event. But I, I will tell you that uh, we were talking about networking. This is an opportunity oh, yeah. for people to 
Um, because you don't want to just network when you're looking for a job. You got to start networking That's well so before. Important. In fact, you ought to be continuing to network. I'm curious with you two guys, Ed and Kel. Now, you've got solid jobs you've had for quite a while. Do, do you? Not so yeah, solid. We've been bounced around quite well, a bit. Yeah, but, Actually, but, but they're not going to let you out of their sights, right? No. I mean, yeah, you're no. working for the same client, yes. just different nameplates, Yes, right? that's true. That's yeah. true. And, and do we gonna, network? And they're not going to let you go. We live in the closet. I guess I wish I would network more, but you know, I network with people. Ed, when you and I first met, you showed up at my door mm-hmm. and you said, you know, hey, you haven't called me. And if you don't call me, I, I help executives here at EDS um, with their technology. And if you don't call me, I'm out of a job. Do you I, remember that? <laughs> I, I did not say that. <laughs> so you better call me. I mean, why aren't you calling me? That, <laughs> no, I believe it was, how it was. It wasn't quite like that. It wasn't it quite was. like that. But I went up to introduce myself and uh, help him set up his computer. And I realized he already knows what he's doing. He just needed a couple of key facts. Yeah. So, I mean, you can... There, there's a there's a short term lingo that takes place between people, and Gary knew the lingo, and I said he knows what he's doing. And, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, Ed, do you you mean you ta- teach our EDS executives about technology? And he said, yeah, yeah, that's my job. And I said, if you can teach executives at EDS about technology, you can tell anybody about it. Come on, my job, you know. And that's how we invited him on the show. And he said, oh no, I can't be a I can't be a guest. I'll be I'll, I can't be a host. I'll just be a guest. And then uh, the second no. week he was a guest, and by the third week he was he was hook, line, and sinker joining us, and that was a number of years ago. And then Cal, Cal you entered into the you entered into the network here. It was a drive by. I, I called in one day and <laughs> and we were talking Mac stuff, oh, and that's right. And then the vacuum just <laughs> sucked me up. <laughs> and we all worked together. Yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't know, but we yeah. found out yeah. by this show. Yes. All right. Well, in this next hour, these two guys, Ed and Kel, along with Gary and myself, are going to be put to work here because we're going to start answering your questions. That's right. This next hour is your hour. Call 800-859-0957 with your question, and we're going to get right to answering it. Mike Stetz, thank you, by the way, for doing a great job engineering and answering phones. Mike will be on the other end of the phone for you. The number again, 800-859-0WJR. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now, let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and that is your hour. When I say that, that means that it's your opportunity to set the agenda with your question about your computer. It might be a cell phone, might be your printer at home, it might be a modem, whatever it is that's keeping you off the internet or giving you fits when you get on. We'll do our best to answer your questions. Here's the number to call, 800-859-0957. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our number two of the Internet Advisor, where the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. That's right. We love to hear questions, uh, just any kind of question. Pose it any way you want. We'd love to be able to sort things out with you here on the air. You know, um, 
It is April 15th, and April 11th was supposed to be the big reveal for the Microsoft Windows Creators Update. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it didn't big... come to my home computer, and I'm like, if I was Microsoft, they, they had the press releases, uh, people have been talking about it. Basically, it's just a security update, but they, they've, they're enhancing a number of things. Hmm. Remember, M Microsoft's treating its license a little different. So anytime you buy a, a new Microsoft computer, it's going to come with this Creators Update. So you're going to have 3D Paint, Cortana is going to be um, uh, integrated more with the, the operating system. Mm -hmm. uh, even during the setup process, you'll be able to talk to Cartana. But uh, oh. but after the update, you, the only really thing Microsoft did, because I had to force the Creators Update onto my home computer, was basically tell tell me how wonderful Microsoft Edge was. <laughs> and 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 all the enhancements that are now available in Microsoft Edge. Yeah. Of course, Microsoft would like people to use the Edge browser. Yeah. And uh, oh, one thing I did notice though is in Internet Explorer 11 that I have, it for some reason it reverted back to my original home page, which was Lenovo. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. And but the cool thing is though is it has an Edge uh, little icon in the top right hand corner. So I have a you know w when you click. In in internet because I use Internet Explorer as my mm -hmm. default browser. Mm -hmm. You know how you click and you can open up a new tab yeah. that shows the blank right. tab. Right. right next to that, there is a edge um, little emoji that you can click on that's oh. always floating there. So you click on that, it'll open up a um, a tab in Edge for you. Oh, and I'm right. like, well, that's kind of cool because that's sometimes certain things don't work in Internet Explorer, and and I could quickly see if they work. And in vice edge. versa, by and the way. And vice right? versa. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And well, that's why you do need to have more than one browser, right? Yep. Because they don't... We, oh, that was our rule of thumb yep. forever here on the show. Hey, but, has anybody ever, um, I mean, have you looked at LinkedIn lately? Yeah. Have you been talk have you been watching some of the the social media outside of LinkedIn talking about the new interface? No. Boy, people are not happy. I try I said I'm starting to see some of this and I thought, all right, I'm just going to go see if it's huh. as bad as everybody says. And you know, it looks okay until you try to find something. Oh dear. And I couldn't find my groups. You know, and then I, I mean, you know, you have to search around, but because we all have gotten used to it yeah, a different yeah, way, right? It, this yeah. might be better. Yeah, changes. Uh, it was how. hard, right? <laughs> I had to go figure it out again, right? So, well, you know, uh, you, you talk about Microsoft Edge and that sort of thing. I, I, if they really want more people to use it, why are they continuing with Internet Explorer? Why don't they just stop that? Then you'd have no choice. Well, because Edge doesn't support. Um, um, Java, I don't believe, and nor does it support certain extensions. Uh, a lot of extensions yeah. that see that the Edge only now with this recent creators update will start supporting certain add-ins. Yeah, certain certain add-ins. So yeah. nothing better than pushing a limping browser. Yeah, exactly. Why okay. do they? I don't know why they do that. Yeah, I don't yeah that, that's strange. Yeah, well, if, it's, if it's not ready for prime time, you know, we should just move on. Yeah, exactly. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven is the telephone number, and uh, on you if you wait around to the end of the show and don't get your question in so start right now like kevin from toledo welcome to the internet advisor kevin how can we help you guys i'm not the greatest on a computer but i'm pretty fair okay. i'm looking for your suggestion on a program where we're trying to do a nice thing for a guy that we played hockey with 40 years ago he wasn't in our team picture but we have like his individual picture, and we're going to try and cut it out before we have our reunion mm -hmm. and put it in the team picture. Oh. 
how or who they've got these things where you can you could take your picture out and put yourself on Mars. But I don't know how to do that. <laughs> do you have a community? Well, you're in Toledo, right? So you've got right. like the University of Toledo. You uh, in your area, right? Yeah. What I would do if I were you is I'd cruise by there with that picture, with both pictures, and I'd go by the University of Toledo and ask them where their uh, creative uh, studies type uh, department is, where the folks who uh, do things like uh, uh, photo manipulation, that sort of thing. Because using Photoshop, yeah. you can do that. Yes. Yes. But, you know, if you don't have the actual software or you don't have the skill for that software, finding uh, someone who does. And I'm sure if you go by one of the dorms and say, look, you know, I got this little small job I'd like you guys to do for me. You know, uh, can you handle this for me? You know, hey, I'll buy for, you guys uh, 12 pack. <laughs> I'll buy you guys pizza or 12 pack or something like that. And they'd probably just jump at the chance to do something like that. that so I, there's no program out there that's let's say $50 or less, where I'm going to be as a fairly novice person, be able to do that on my own? That's a good question. Photoshop is pretty heavy. In my opinion, I'd say no. But they do have Photoshop Lite, which you can get for, I I think it used to be Photoshop LE, and I believe it was for 99 bucks. Now, isn't there Elements? What's Elements? Oh, Photoshop Elements. That's That's what it is. is. Exactly. Photoshop Elements you can get for 99 bucks. And that might be able to give you the ability to do that. Is, but isn't GIMP another one too? GIMP, G-I-M-P? Well, well, GIMP is open source. Yeah, and that might work for them. But I'm not familiar with GIMP yeah, at all. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, and I haven't done photo manipulation in a long time. So, but maybe one of our listeners can, because so many applications on the phones allow you to do this. So maybe someone out there knows of a simple program or website that, right. that provides the tools that will Copy. allow you to then upload two photos and be able to manipulate them in the manner so, that you're speaking. Kevin, you hang on then yep. because we're going to see, or you can you can drop the phone call if you want right now, but we're going to see if we can get some listeners to help us with this as well. Thanks so much for calling. I'd like to thank uh, Mike Stetz, who's our engineer here today and also doubling up as our uh, producer, since my uh, granddaughter Logan Ashley is under the weather and couldn't be here. Thanks, Mike, so much for what you're doing there. And by the way, give him some work to do. Here's a number, 800-859-0957. Another way to do that is 800-859-0WJR. And uh, I realize that this hour is um, actually after when we usually have been on the air, because we were normally on from 4 to 6. We're now from 5 to 7 as our new uh, stretch on the air. So... This is the hour that is going to be open for you uh, throughout the spring and the summer months and uh, probably into the fall as well uh, for your questions. And uh, we've got lots of lines open right now. And I know it's a holiday weekend and people are enjoying time with family. But if you've had a question that's been nagging and you want to get some help, it could be a printer, it could be a modem, it could be getting on the Internet or looking for some basic advice, like our friend Kevin from Toledo. The number to call is 800-859-0957. Kevin, you called from Cleveland with a question about um, how to take uh, a friend of yours who uh, was a part of your hockey team 40 years ago. He missed the team picture, and now you want to take a photo of him from, I'm going to presume, that time, and drop it into the team photo so he can, you know, literally be part of that history. And uh, we were talking about the fact that 
the software, generally speaking, you know, like uh, Photoshop Elements? Uh, Ed was... Yep, and regular Photoshop can be kind of expensive. And yeah. I know that there used to be a lot of free stuff, and in Windows 10 they actually have some photo editors, but I'm really not sure how powerful they are. But I remember when my son... Uh, who was interested in Photoshop. Basically, I, I found a website called Pixlr, P-I-X-L-R.com. And basically, yeah. it is the most... Uh, it has the the um, Adobe Photoshop interface, mm -hmm. same drop-down menus and everything, but it's web-based. And there's also plenty of YouTube videos out there that show you how to perform the ah, editing. That is the trick. So, now, after you do this manipulation, how do you print it? Well, you, you know, you have the ability of... Um, you're using basically Java tools uh, to manipulate photos on your computer. Mm -hmm. So basically, the software is the website, and you're 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 loading the photos from your computer. And then when you're done with the manipulation, you save the photos to your computer, mm -hmm. and then you could print them afterwards. Okay. So you could like email that JPEG or whatever out to uh, Costco and make a nice big glossy print out of it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, good, good point. Idea. Yep. You know, and, I saw. Oh, that's. Oh. I mean, let me repeat that again, uh, Kevin, for you and for anybody else who'll be interested in this. And by the way, if somebody else has another suggestion, uh, one of the nice things about what's happened over the years is that people will call in and say, "Hey, I tried this and it worked." Uh, give us a call with your suggestions as well at eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Pixlr is P-I-X-L, as in Larry, R, as in Ralph, dot com. Pixlr.com. And the important part is that you can search YouTube for that and do yes. how-tos. Yeah, that, that's so that, really and that, you know, uh, you know, you could read a manual and you could try struggling with the interface, but if you can watch a YouTube video and the person just clicks and drops and pff, yeah. a picture's worth a thousand words and a video's uh, you even know, more. It's, it's interesting you mention that because I have found Photoshop, photo editing software in particular to be really hairy to try to sort that out. Right. Eddie, are you going to say something here? Uh, I was just going to ask you about the Spectrum sale that happened. I know that oh, you and Ed yes. went back and forth uh, over the this last week about some of that and and uh, yeah, the it just significance happened. of that might be important. Yes, as a matter of fact, it's going to affect all of us, I think, as users in particular. Thursday uh, marked the end of the FCC's incentive auction. And Ed, you've talked about different auctions over the years. Uh, this one will shift valuable spectrum away from TV broadcasters to companies that want to offer wireless service. And the industry insiders call it beachfront property. In other words, it's really <laughs> valuable property that has well, been offered. Well, yeah, off the, this frequency range, which is 600 megahertz, which was ideal for television, you know, for the audio and the video of the television. And the reason why is because it penetrates concrete. You know, I mean, that's yep. why that frequency range was used. And to have cell phones, how many times have you walked into a building and your signal drops? So carriers are just salivating over this frequency range of 600 megahertz so that they can offer their cellular coverage and data services using this because they, they won't have to put up as many antennas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it'll go further. And what we're talking about, for those those users who don't know, this is the old UHF Radio uh, uh, frequency ranges, um, uh, ultra high frequency. Remember, we had VHF. You have you have to be a pre millennial to know what this is. So, <laughs> yeah, VHF, which was channel two through thirteen. I remember the rabbit ears. <laughs> right, two through thirteen, and and that uses fifty four megahertz to two hundred and sixteen. And UHF uses channel was channel fourteen through. 83. Remember how when we were all kids, right, we used right. to try to get the Canada pictures on 62? And so, and that those use the um, uh, frequency ranges of 470 
through 890 megahertz. What the FCC offered was the 600 megahertz channel range. Uh, they're not doing the whole spectrum for right, the TV, right, right. just the 600 megahertz. They've sold off other portions beforehand. I think it was the 700 went. Uh, that was the last one to go, and uh, Verizon and Comcast and AT&T got big pieces It's going to take the, the, the TV broadcasters a few years to actually give this thing up and turn it over. I think they had 39 but, months, I think, they had yeah. total. But you know what? We're going to watch TV on the internet anyway, yeah. on our cell phone, yeah. right? And uh, that's oh, where we're going to get I hope bit. not. I love the over-the-air experience. It's been fun. <laughs> well, s- this will be over-the-air, too. It's just going to be a different, more efficient uh, protocol. Yeah, well, as long as I can do it on a large screen, yeah. Yeah, well, that, and you can. You know, there's no reason why they to. couldn't put a TV reception in the cell phones. Right. Right? There's no reason why they couldn't well, now, do over yeah. the air. Matter of fact, every cell phone that's manufactured in the United States, the chipsets support FM signal mm-hmm. uh, reception. It's just that it's not enabled by the carriers because they don't, they'd rather have you stream it through their data channels, oh. and you pay for that, then you do receive f- free music through the FM channels. Oh, which you could lo- also stream. Which right. you could also stream. Yes, that so. is very interesting. Uh, the auction, by the way, has represented one of the best chances for wireless companies to get more spectrum. It could also reshape the wireless industry. Now, this is interesting, giving smaller carriers a chance to offer the same strong nationwide coverage as companies like Verizon Wireless and AT and T which combine control more than 70% of the U.S. wireless market. Well, Verizon and, a- and uh, AT&T on the last sale did pretty good. Yep. This one was really snapped Verizon up Verizon didn't even participate. I was seeing well, some of the information. On right, that. T-Mobile was the big winner on this one. They beat yes. big, and a couple other small carriers. Um, yeah, and then also it. Dish Network. Yes, Dish, up- that was it. Dish got... Now that, I wonder why. Because it's a satellite. Well, you think about well, it. Dish has satellite, but they don't have any internet. You want internet, you got to hook up to DSL. Wouldn't it be great if they could offer a wireless internet service? Oh. At a high speed. At a high speed. Which is really cool, because now I'm really excited about this. They're getting this new frequency. Well, it's an old frequency, but a new frequency. And if it's going to go through a cell phone, wow, that's great. I wonder if they give me a different type of tumor. <laughs> no, it'll be like an NBC tumor. It'd be like all in color, like the oh peacock, dear, you know? Cal. Oh my God, <laughs> cauliflower ears, Cal. Yeah, no, but I mean that would make sense for Dish to actually be able to uh, distribute to homeowners and include in their in their cable in their Dish network boxes uh, the the ability to receive data through this cellular channel that, that they purchased and do that without wires, without any wires. I will tell you, my Comcast does works terrible on the boat. <laughs> That's because you're not using a long enough wire. That's right. Well, I guess I better go get more wire. <laughs> more coax. But yeah, yeah, that would be great because that would give them a leg up finally because the, the drawback with getting any satellite television service or especially satellite internet service is that the the download speed blazes because you can pull it off the dish but the upload is absolutely abysmal you are chained to whatever the dsl is and and those commercials i find are so ridiculous that the cable companies put out because the cable companies actually receive all of their 
signals yes. through satellite as well. That's right. <laughs> Just not on everyone's house. Have you gone they... to the local catalog, uh, Comcast downlink? <laughs> it's all dishes. <laughs> it's all dishes, and, and they're affected by weather too, let me tell you. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right, folks, here's, here's the number again, 800-859-0957. And, uh, it's a holiday weekend, and this is not unusual that people will kind of uh, take the, the, the time off from listening to the radio on the weekends, but that means that those of you who are out there who have a question and uh, you know don't want to have and an easy one too an easy one yeah don't have to wait in line we've got lots of space here and we're looking forward to talking with you as well at 800-859-0957 the way of saying that is 800-859-0wjr give us a ring and we'll get to work fixing your problem as well Welcome back to this uh, Easter weekend show on the Internet Advisor. And uh, true to form, people are taking the weekend off quite literally in terms of even and calling in and asking questions. So if you're out there driving around and you hear a program like this with uh, all sorts of talent waiting to answer your questions about computers, maybe you look for some advice on your next computer. Uh, this is the time to call in 800-859-0WJR or 800-859-0957, toll-free, from wherever you hear my voice. Yeah, perhaps maybe you might want to know that, that, that website where you can go to find out how to color Easter eggs with that particular shade of lavender, <laughs> which is something I looked up all night for. You know, and... <laughs> we, we that talked, went off the rails, I'm sorry. Yeah, we talked about YouTube being a great place for how-to videos and whatnot, oh, yeah. uh, but there's a lot of really cool, interesting things. So uh, I was watching the just a little bit of it the great 2017 drone Easter egg hunt. Oh, I saw that. That's a cute one. Yeah. That was cute, wasn't it? It was just funny. And then there's, you know, the hologram-like Easter bunny for your home, and, you know, there's all sorts of things you can you can find. It's it's hard to believe. We have got to do People a program too on drones. Time. We've got to do a program on drones, and we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, it has expanded so much. Since well, I'd first like to find covering. out what people do after the first week that they got it, because it's really a neat thing to have and play with. But what do people do with it after that first month or two and they've crashed it? And did they upgrade? Did they put cameras on there? I mean, how are That's they really using it in their in their daily lives and hobbies? I'm, you know, because I can so, I could see the personal ones, the selfie ones. Yeah, that would be cool. Or if you're a bike rider and do bike tricks or skateboards and and they hover within 10 feet of you that's that's understandable you know depending on how much you want to pay um there are so there's this boat broker that i'm working with and he has a drone Mm -hmm. and he it first of all he pushes a button and it comes up to about four feet and hovers there Mm -hmm. right but he he paid little less than a thousand dollars for it but he'll send that out it tracks the boat so he does video from above of the different boats that he's trying to sell, and and it'll track, and it'll go to one side and the other, and it's amazing the video that comes yep. off of these drones. Yep. Sounds like a tax write off too. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think, and he just has fun, and it is a tax write off for him, right? So yeah, I don't think you find as much in terms of uh, consumer, um, you, you know, just regular consumer use expanding that much. But what I have seen constantly are these different applications commercially. Right. Yeah, and they're right. 
they're a little expensive if you oh, want to yeah. spend that much just to have a play toy, right? Exactly. You know, so when people upgrade with cameras or the, uh, what's it called, Parrot, I think, is one of them, isn't it? Well, the one thing I've noticed is is in the documentaries that are on TV and National Geographic oh, yeah. have seamlessly incorporated them mm-hmm. within oh, the filming process yep. of their shows. Like, I yeah. remember they, you know... Um, what the the kilters and stuff like that they sometimes when they bring helicopters to do those things they have to do that off season now they can incorporate that that filming technique and yep. every every episode yep. and uh, you've got to wonder how many helicopter pilots they have actually put out of business yeah. let's put a, a pause on this conversation for just a minute it's an interesting one though and say hello to Robert from Temperance Robert delighted to have you with us here on this Easter weekend how can we help you Yes, good evening. I listen to your show every week. Oh, good. Uh, Thank you. I I have a Mac computer I've been using for probably four years now, five years, and I have a little external hard drive, a little Toshiba, where I back up my photos, my music, uh, documents, and stuff to the little hard drive. And what what I wanted to know is I'm planning to buy a laptop computer, which is a PC, uh-huh. And if I take that little hard drive, which is formatted for Mac, and I plug it into my new laptop, which is a PC, will my PC be able to read the data from that hard drive? No, unless you buy a third-party software that will allow you to be able to read those. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I'm no, it won't be able to do it because you'd have to have a third party to be able to mount the volume because it's uh, formatted in HFSS, HFSS, oh, okay. which uh, which Windows does not read. Okay. Okay. So is there a software that I can download from the Internet or do I have to buy a special software? The smartest thing that you would be able to, that, that you should do, in my opinion, would be to do this. Either get get another external hard drive, and on your ma- and format it for it FAT or extended FAT, either one of those okay. two pro- protocols, and then you can hook that hard drive up to your Mac, and your Mac will recognize it. Copy the stuff from the first hard drive to that hard drive, and then you can plug it into your Windows oh. machine and be able to read it. Oh, really? Oh, so it's so it's like doing a backup from one hard drive to another, only I'm uh, formatting it from Mac to a PC format. Correct. Now, here's oh. your caveat. Your data files, pictures, Word documents, Excel, those sort of things will be be read on the, on the Windows machine. The programs you have on the Mac, they're not going to run. Oh, no, no. I didn't, uh, I'm not interested in the program transfer. All I'm interested in is in my photos, documents, music, uh, that type of stuff. Now, you can go one step further. You can, at your house, if you have a, a router, you can have the Mac plugged into the router, and in that same router, you can plug the Windows machine. And then what you can do is share out the uh, a folder on the Windows machine, get the IP address of the Windows machine, and then from the Mac, map over to the Windows machine, and you could drag and drop those files across and run them across the network. So if both new un- both units are attached to the same home wireless, yes. all he has to do is share out a folder on the PC, yes. and then you have a magical command or something that you can actually map directly from the Mac 
to the PC once now, it's all set What do you mean by up. mapping? Can you what he would do is he'd go into the Finder, and up at the top, there's a selection along the menu bar that says Go. Go down oh, to yeah. the bottom, and it says Connect to Server. When he clicks that, it'll say, What is the server address? And he would type in SMB, that's Sam Mary Bravo, colon, and then two slashes, and then put in the IP address of the computer he's trying to connect to. Okay. It'll and, come and where would you find that IP address? On the other computer, you would uh, type in, uh, in the run line, put in CMD, and then you would type in the black on the command screen, you would put in ipconfig slash ALL. And then just go down the list until he finds the IP address right. on that list. Or, or the network properties of that unit would sh- do, show it as well. And SMB stands for Simple Message Block, right? Uh, I think so, but I'm not sure. I've never even asked. You know, and I've um, talked to other people that use the cloud to do this, where they'll upload their data files to the cloud and then download them back to the same hard drive, sometimes reformatted, which they want. And then they've got a backup in the cloud as well. That's true. That's true. It's going to take more time, though. It'll take more time, but now they've got two backups. Robert, did did you catch these uh, pieces of advice? Yes, yes, uh, that's okay. very, very uh, interesting. Yes, uh, I'm going to try all of that when I get my computer next week. So, yeah, that's a that's a lot of valuable information. Just out of curiosity, what um, what uh, manufacturer were you looking at? Uh, right now, uh, I have a 27 inch iMac, and I'm planning to buy a 15 inch touchscreen HP. Mm, okay. okay. I, I'm curious why you're switching over to uh, to Windows. Oh, I'm not switching. I'm keeping both. I want oh. the best of both worlds. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> he wants a touchscreen, yeah. <laughs> the guy has go. a 27-inch iMac. You really think he's going to leave that to go to a Windows no. machine? <laughs> I, well, that's he, why I was curious about that. Yeah, he, he's just, he probably wants better software. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> See, that was a little bit it was completely dead in the room after he said that. Crickets. I was waiting for the gloves to come off. So it's more software for sure. Yeah. And wow. more opportunities that, that sometimes you just can't get certain software on a Mac. When you go home tonight, look at your wife and say, I'm looking for more opportunities, dear, and see how much longer you'll stay home. <laughs> well, how long she'll, say to you, she'll say to you, quote, you have the best, stick with it. <laughs> Robert, on that note, happy Easter to you. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. That's, Thanks, uh, that was an excellent question. And, uh, yeah, uh, it really was. Cal, I, Cal gave him three different answers, and Gary gave him a fourth. Yeah. I like that. That was interesting. I, and the, the notion of having the best of both worlds is kind of an interesting one, too. I will admit, I do do both. I do both Windows and Mac. Yes. So. Yeah, and because my wife is on a Windows machine, I do both as well and try to keep up with uh, both worlds. Uh, Brian up there in Eagle Harbor, hey, hang on a second. We'll be with you shortly as well to help you with your question. And we do have room for a few more questions at 800-859-0957. Back here with the Internet Advisor in just a moment and your questions. Thank you so much for having joined us here on the Internet Advisor during our program today. And uh, Gary and Cal, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Mike Stats, thank you. 
for your work behind the scenes here, helping us to uh, line folks up. we got a couple calls online now. We want to make sure we take them. As a matter of fact, an old friend of ours from Las Vegas is calling, Gary, uh, on one of our lines. We'll get to him in just a moment. Our signal must be really strong these days. I, it it <laughs> must be sailing because we've got Brian with us from Eagle Harbor. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Good afternoon. It's Kego Harbor, not oh, it's Eagle Harbor. <laughs> oh, so not a little, little quite, not saw, quite that far away. I was going to say, I saw Las Vegas at Eagle. Eagle Harbor, by the way, folks, is up on the Keweenaw Peninsula. Twelve-hour uh, drive away. Yes. Yeah, it's a long way from there. Now we're only about 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll still help you. What can we do for what you? What can we do for you? Well, the Michigan Lottery decided to give some of my money back, so I needed to go shopping for a new uh, laptop. Ooh, cool. Ooh, yeah. And I uh, went to Micro Center and seemed to have found a pretty awesome deal. Yep, you um, can do that thing. An i5 processor, okay. 12 gig of RAM, okay. one terabyte, touchscreen, HP, under 400 bucks. Whoa! That is yeah, a good deal. That's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Nice. So it's a refurbished, so yeah. I thought, you know, with a two-year warranty that only costs another 130 under under $550, I've got a pretty good machine. Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to, with that warranty, was important because my son purchased a, a refurbished, not from Micro Center, but from Amazon. And when something went wrong, of course, we couldn't get anything covered because it was refurbished, even though it was refurbished by the manufacturer at the time. So well, I'm the, glad the you got that extended. The warranty comes is 90 days. 90 yeah. days is what comes with it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So two years, bumper to bumper, spill spill your coffee, your beer in it, doesn't matter. Okay. Now, we're good to go. Okay. So great. for two years, I got a good machine. Yep. So my question is, what is the protocol for going through and taking a new Windows 10 machine, and I'm obviously green with Windows 10 because um, I've never had one, but mm-hmm. go through and, you know, what do we put on it? What do we want to load it with? What you know? First of all, antivirus, and what's the cocktail for antivirus? Do we? It's got essentials on it. I'm assuming. Do we add something on with that, like like good, malware bytes? Yeah. Or, no, you that, know, I what would be the good? That's a good question you've asked. Uh, great question. Yeah, the ba- yeah. the basics. What do you want? To, what are the basics, Ed? That you would load them on a machine? Well, I still use just the Microsoft integrated. Defender, yep. yeah, which is no longer Microsoft Security Essentials, but what it is is uh, Defender. Uh, Defender. Defender now it's yep. called, Correct. and it's integrated. Yep. And then what? Integrated. If you want to make the, um, uh, if if you want to make the uh, the additional thing, you can purchase malware bytes. I think it's twenty five dollars a year for another subscription, and, and they work just fine together with yep. both Defender and malware bytes protecting you. I, I don't even do that with my computer. I just have malware bytes loaded, version, right? the free version, and yeah. then I launch it maybe once every other week and do a scan. It usually doesn't find anything. Yeah. But if if I do run across like a uh, something that hijacks my browser accidentally, mm-hmm. which is usually what it is, or, or maybe I get mm-hmm. a pop-up that says, warning, this is Microsoft. Your PC has yeah. been compromised, which is not Microsoft. It's I, not, and it's not compromised. I, I usually... Control Alt Delete and the task, and then I run a malware byte scan. Yep. Um, and so, you know those two usually work good. Now, if you want to, you can depending on who your internet service provider is, you can use the free antivirus they provide, either McAfee or Norton. But realize that'll disable the Microsoft Defender um, antivirus. And that's why I was asking yeah. about the cocktail, and that was another part of the question. Yeah, um, you should. You because should, I, that's what I thought. You should only use one antivirus at a time, right? Right. Well, they're they're all uh, they all call themselves antivirus anti malware now. There is really no distinction. Uh, yeah. According to the antivirus uh, consortium, they're basically 
uh, Norton and McAfee and Malwarebytes, they all provide uh, computer protection, virus protection, Trojan protection, malware protection, adware protection. Yep. It just goes on and on and on. And just um, and even Microsoft claims they're defenders that way as well. Yep. Um, and Defender has has performed very well. It really depends on your internet surfing habits. <laughs> you know, so, what sites you go to, if you're in the habit of receiving emails and clicking on links. Well, that looks like an interesting link. I'll click on that. Bam. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So it's no, just... I know better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after that, it's wise surfing. But that's the, that's the basic armor that you need, if you will, that's your under armor <laughs> for your computer. Well, you know, because at the store, they're telling me, you know, you need to buy this for $99. No. And how it's rated. And, but then I that's go and look gravy. at the magazine's rating, and it's completely different. And, you yeah. know, yeah, so what do you, what do you really believe? Yeah. That, that is their, as Ed said, that's their gravy. Take their good deal and leave the rest. Exactly. Uh, that's what I did. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> good, I, wanted, good job. I, I think I'm going to go back and get the warranty after thinking about it because that does cover me beyond the 90 days. That's, and then, that like might I be said, a good for two idea. years, I'm guaranteed a good machine. Yeah. So, but then beyond antivirus, what, you know, what kind of, what's the protocol for loading the machine up and getting rid of the bloatware, which I actually haven't seen anything in there. I mean, no, I know you- it's in there, but it's. It's not bothering me. Yeah, no, there's really not a lot of bloatware with Windows 10, especially if it came from Micro Center. They usually don't load the bloatware. That comes from the manufacturers. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that makes the, the um, computer cheaper, right? Because they can get their money from the advertisers as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. But they don't put much of it on there. Brian, I got a couple more calls, so I'm going to jump quickly, okay? Was there anything in particular you needed? Beyond that? No, I just just the protocol. What you know, what we do to get get up and running. That was and basically it. You got it. You got a great deal, and I think you have some yeah, good advice on uh, security software as well. So take care and enjoy that this weekend. Rover, my goodness, from Las Vegas. Welcome back, old friend. How are you doing? Uh pretty good. Uh, happy Easter. Thank you, uh, Easter. For Brian, I've got a quick little tip uh, to get a bunch of programs. Ninite.com. That's N I N I T E.com. You can get his browsers, his security. Um, I just downloaded a PDF uh, creator for from uh, that site. Open yep. Office Cute PDF uh, printer. It's called uh, Ninite. N I N I T E. Well, it's it's Ninite. I, I always pronounced it. Nanite. Nanite. Uh, but uh, yeah. but N I N I T E. And what's nice about it is that when you you could select five or six different applications, like oh I remember that. Oh I want that one too. Oh they have malware bytes. I'll take that. It you, you and, select them all and then it downloads it as a single package, a right. single download. And it, it as a uh, computer tech, it saves me probably a half hour to an hour. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Great, great. Uh, great Your previous caller, I think he had uh, wanted to do something with file sharing. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. He was going it, from a Mac to a PC. And okay. He- On the PC side, uh, if he goes and Googles HFS, that's Henry Frank Sam dot exe. He can set up folders as a file server. And then on the other machine, he can access it via the web and download uh, files you know, from that computer. Okay, I missed the beginning part of that. So, uh, HenryFrankSam.exe. It's called HFS HTTP, or HTTP File Server. Uh, it comes from Regetto, R-E-J-E-T-T-O dot com. 
Okay, is that and something he loads up on the Mac or the PC? On the PC side. Okay. And, you know, if he has files that he wants to share to the Mac, all he has to do is go to the, uh, <clears throat> to the IP address of the computer, which it will tell you what it is, you know, so you don't have to go through the routine of running, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, the command line, yeah, you right. know, IP config. Great. Rover, how long have you been listening? It's been years now, hasn't it? Oh, God. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I've got a list of over 250 programs that I listen to during the week. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you're out in Las Vegas, huh? Right. Well, uh, I was, you know, I was in Iowa back in the 90s to 2006. Yeah. yeah. And I got tired of freezing my tail off. <laughs> so you move out to permanent sunshine. Well, my friend, thank you so much for calling. We've run out of time here, but it's always good to hear back from you out in uh, Las Vegas. Hey, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful Easter, Rover. All right, you too. All right, bye, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you to the rest out there. Mike, we'll be back with you uh, off the air in just a few moments. For the rest of you folks out there, thank you so much for joining us. And have a great Easter weekend from the rest of us here at the Internet Advisor. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.